State Farm Insurance knows that understanding and investing in our cultural identity is paramount in protecting our future. We know what it's like to go from nothing to something, to wish that we had better financial literacy when we were younger. Luckily, State Farm is here to help. With funding programs like Project Ready, which is committed to education achievement and has already awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to black and brown youth since 2021. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful VC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears, real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. Tez, I want to ask you a question real quick. Let's just keep it real straight shot with no chaser. I'm going to get a little bit rough. I'm here for those who really believe in the American process. All of us. Straight shot, no chaser. With your girl, Tesla Figaro, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. What's happening, straight shooters? This is your girl, Tesla Figaro, back again with the one and only Bishop Talbot Swan. If you don't know him, he is somebody that you absolutely need to know. He is a gang-banging bishop, what I call him. He's <laughs> constantly gang-banging on Twitter, Instagram, in real life, on the streets. Not just somebody that uh, talks behind the keyboard, but actually gets out. Uh, you see him all over his community, but more importantly, you see him on the national stage. Certainly follow him on Twitter at Bishop Talbert Swan uh, to really, really get an understanding of him and his position and his radio show and podcast. So many different things uh, that he does in addition to serving uh, in his church and serving on the NAACP. You may have heard our previous episode. If you did not, please do go back and look. It was this time around this time last year. Uh, when I just launched the podcast, he was one of the first people that I brought on and I wanted to bring him back again to give us an update. Uh, there is a handful of those who come from the cloth, as you will, that really are bold in their steps, uh, in their advocacy. Uh, Bishop Dixon in Houston says too many uh, bishops and pastors, they want to take cruise ships instead of battleships. And so this is somebody that is truly on the battlefield. You remember that song, Bishop? On the battlefield yeah. for my Lord. my Lord. Yes, I'm on the battle. I was getting ready. <laughs> Boy, that's that old school. That old school. And um, we don't sing enough of that. And, and you know, they said, I promise him until I die. What'd he say, Bishop? I'm going to serve him until I die. Serve him until I die. Yes, Lord. So thank you so much, Bishop, for coming back to Straight Shot No Chaser. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me back again. Pleasure to be here. Yes. And, um, and we're watching you on the real battleship. Yeah, we together. 
I don't know. Somebody, I don't know if somebody going to throw us off. Or we're going to make it to the promised land. Or maybe we need to throw a couple of people off this, that shouldn't be on the ship with us. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, I wanted to bring you back. Since you were on last year, you were in a documentary called Buck Breaking with Tariq Nasheed, who is the creator of that movie, director. Also, people know him from Hidden Colors, that entire series, and so many other projects that he has put out. And I want to talk to you a little bit about that. But really, Bishop, tell us, when we were here last year, you know, we were talking about how Democrats have to move forward and how we demand something for our vote and how it's so important that they know that we will hold them accountable, that it was more than just Trump, uh, getting Trump out of office. Here we are a year later. Uh, as you know, a lot of the quote unquote leaders and elders and clergy members uh, went to Joe Biden at the beginning of his presidency in January, the Urban League, the NAACP, Al Sharpton, uh, and among other folks, went and flat out said, President Joe Biden, we are asking for executive orders. If there's not anything that can be done in Congress, we're asking for voting rights. We're asking for the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act. We're asking for economics in our community. And the list goes on and on. But those are, you know, some of the main topics that we know that was discussed. And Somebody had it in their mind to record it and leak it. And we know that that is obviously intentional. Um, it's something that we do not see often. I think we need more of it. Uh, normally when black folks get in the, in the space in the room, they're just so excited about being at the table, uh, that they forget why they're there. So although I may have been disappointed and thought that some of the reactions could have been stronger, I do want to take my hat off to whoever it was that decided to basically snitch on the president of the United States so that we could hear it for ourselves. And, and I, at least in my lifetime, you know, I'm still, I guess, quote unquote, fairly young. I haven't lived a long time, certainly not in the sixties and seventies and eighties. And, you know, I'm from the nineties. So I haven't seen anything like that. I don't know if something, you know, I, of course we know the feds listen all the time and there's always leaked tapes, but at least since I've been politically engaged, I haven't seen black leaders do that. And so it it told me that they are aware that we're being played and that maybe leaking the tape would get folks like you and all of us, you know, to speak on it because maybe they didn't have the courage to do so. Maybe they feel they're they're better in the room being the, you know, that move that uh, the book, the spook that set by the door. Maybe they feel it was important, you know, to to get it out there. But I'm glad that they did because people had a chance to hear for themselves how we're handled when we're in the room. So fast forward, none of those things have been done. And these were all things that you and many others predicted that would happen. And I kind of, you know, I want to talk to you about where we are with that. You know, what what does it look like? What does it look like for 2022? I know me personally, I hate to say I told you so because Bishop, it wouldn't be honest about it. There's some folks that love just saying I told you so because they they... They get something from fueling the flames. For me, I I am saying I told you so, but I don't want to be right in this instance because I really want to see black people win. And I believe you're one of those people. So tell us, Bishop, where are we from the last time that we sat down and what's your assessment now that we're looking at closing out this year and going into the midterms? You know, we're we're at a very familiar place. We're 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 at that place uh, as a community where we have had to once again uh, make the choice 
of the lesser of two evils and where we have had to once again settle for, for lack of a better term, the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Um, you know, for four years under the administration uh, of Donald Trump, we had a cadre of our white liberal uh, counterparts um, who had magically transformed into resistors and had transformed into allies and those who um, were purportedly supposed to be in the struggle for justice along with us. Fast forward and let's get past the election. Uh, let's get past Georgia. Now the Democrats have the House, the Senate, the uh, presidency, and all of those resistors are now gatekeepers who are telling black folks to hush and just wait and be patient. And after a while, they'll they'll finally get to you. Well, the reality is this without the black vote, you would not have the U.S. Senate. You would not have the House. You would not have the presidency if it wasn't for black folk in the Detroit metropolitan area delivering and flipping Michigan from red to blue. If it wasn't for black folks in the Philadelphia and Pittsburgh areas flipping Pennsylvania uh, from red to blue. If it wasn't for black folks in Atlanta flipping Georgia from red to blue and if it wasn't for black folk in Milwaukee flipping Wisconsin from red to blue. Joe Biden would not be in office. We would not have two senators in Georgia uh, balancing out Democrat control of the Senate. And you would think that if the most loyal demographic that Democrats have that are responsible for putting them in power, that they would be first on the list of priorities for this administration and for this Congress. Yet and still on day one. The LGBTQ community gets an executive order. We, 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 we get something for Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders. Um, you know, we get something for uh, one-legged people and hunchbacks. And yet and still, there's always an excuse as to why Black folk only get things that are symbolism and not substance. We could care less about whether you recognize Juneteenth. We could care less about whether or not you declare a certain month hip hop recognition month. Uh, if you're not talking about reparations, if you're not talking about police reform, if you're not talking about voting rights reform, restoring the Voting Rights Act that was neutered way back in 2013. If you're not talking about substantive issues that are important to our community, then once again, you are taking us for granted and kicking the can down the road and demanding that we overcome voter suppression to keep you in power under a promise that you yet have not kept. I want to talk a little bit about that, because one thing that I admire about you and I try to, you know, do the same, really have an independent, you know, there's there's I don't want to use the word clicks, but clicks of folks that have different philosophies. For example, you talk about voting rights and we know that. A lot of our, you know, folks that we connect with say that, you know, 
voting rights really doesn't affect us. It's, we need to talk about reparations only. And then you have reparations folks that say, let's only talk about that. And then you have uh, black people who are LGBT to say, hey, yeah, I understand that I'm black first, but there's still issues with racism in the LGBT community. And I want that address. And, and one thing that I admire about you is you really stand on the principles uh, that you think that you believe are important. And sometimes, you know, it may not necessarily be in line with a lot of the folks that we are, I would say, colleagues or, you know, people that we connect with, have good relationship with. And I'm, I'm saying that because voting rights, Um, you know, there's a lot of talk about how that's really for immigrations or immigrants and not for black people. And although there is obviously a courting of immigrants, without a doubt, you know, to the Democrat Party, without a doubt, that's obvious. I do want to hear you speak on the importance of when we're saying that we want voting rights, we're not saying it because I, I see a lot of people on Twitter saying we already have voting rights. But what we're talking about is voter suppression and how that affects people at the local level, like a Councilwoman Vanessa Harper, who we've had on the show, a councilwoman in Tulsa that represents a black district in a all Republican state that really pushes the line for Greenwood, that really pushes the line for Black Wall Street, that really pushes. If we have voter suppression where it's hard for people to come to the polls to vote for her, that does affect our community. So what is your position? Because I know there's two worlds on Twitter and we know Twitter is not a real world. That's just a snapshot of, you know, of time. But there is a conversation out there that says, should black people focus on local races? Do you think that we understand the importance or should it be a collective hold the vote all the way top to bottom? Or should we separate federal and educate folks on how we cannot sit out of our local city commissioners, school boards, you know, governors, state reps, but still send a very loud message to the federal government on having that leverage. What's your position on that? Because I see you talk about both of those things, but I know a lot of folks that follow you follow me as well. And I I, I know those folks are may not always be in line with the voting rights message. So what what is your message to them? Yeah, I, you know, I, I always tell people that you're not officially alive until a politician signs your birth certificate and you are not officially dead until a politician signs your death certificate and politics influences everything that happens in your life between life and death. There's a reason why our ancestors fought so vociferously for the right to vote. They saw it as a mechanism that could change situations from the local on up through the national level. And I still believe that. And I believe, um, you know, in the saying that all politics are local, that that issues that affect you at the ground level, your basic quality of life issues, what you're going to pay in excise taxes for your car, what you're going to pay in taxes on your house, whether or not your street is going to get plowed if you live in New England like I do and it snows a lot, uh, whether the potholes are going to get fixed. What's the curriculum in your children or your grandchildren's school? Um, basic issues that affect you every day are happening at the local level. And so we have to be mindful, not just 
of the national electoral politics in terms of who who runs the Congress and who's in the White House. But we need to be concerned about who's sitting on the city council, who's on the school committee, um, who who are who's on the governor's council, who is the district attorney who's prosecuting folks in your neighborhood, who is the mayor who is the person who is sitting down and making negotiations with the teachers union and the police unions and the, and the, the firefighters union. Uh, and all of that is critical and is important. And we have to be engaged at that local level. I believe that when it comes to overall national politics, that as long as the Democrats on the national level continue to neglect the concerns of black people that they need to suffer a few losses and see and see here's here, here's the thing people continue to say when I, when I make those statements oh what do you want you want Trump back in office listen Trump as bad as he was was not the worst thing to happen to black people black people have been through far worse than Donald Trump. Donald Trump was a manifestation of a pre-existing condition of white supremacy that was already here in America. It's not like racism came on the scene when Donald Trump got elected. And if he had been reelected, we would have survived through four more years of Donald Trump. And here's the thing. We got rid of Trump, but now we have to ask the question, uh, what did we get in return for that? Is it just a reprieve from Trumpism or or did black folks get something substantive that is going to help our community to heal? That is going to help our community uh, economically is going to help us to close the wealth gap and pass down wealth to subsequent generations. And so I used to be the one who would say, no, we need to go out and vote no matter what. I, I've kind of changed that position. I still believe we ought to vote. But I think that there's some wisdom to saying, you know what, let's walk away from the national political scene and see how the Democrats deal with us if they have to live through their most loyal voting block, not coming to the rescue and not supporting them. And let's focus on these local elections uh, for these quality of life issues that hit us at the ground level. Yeah, it's so strange because it's like. We're begging them to keep their job. I mean, literally, I, I, it just doesn't right. make any sense. Like to have to, because they can't win right, without so it. I, I don't understand if you if you know that you have to have the vote, and you're still. I hate to be a conspiracy theorist, but it's almost like I'm saying did they cut a deal with the with the 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 anti-Trumpers that weren't vocal. Did they cut a deal to say, hey? We're going to just lay down and not do anything and give it back to you if you allow our guy to slide in. You know, and I, I hate to, you know, put that type of conspiracy out there, but this, this literally makes no sense. I, I became an independent in 2010, 2012 in that era when they lost the first time. I was doing talk radio then saying these same things now in 2007 when Barack Obama, uh, in 2008 when he won. But this is something that is very, very strange because it is literally I, I, I mean, literally begging folks to end the filibuster so that they can remain in power. And I just it just makes no sense. Maybe it's just the timing. Maybe it's time for things to be exposed that blatant, that disrespectful. Well, I think, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I think that they are banking on 
black people being so disenchanted with conservative white folks, with the party of Trump, that at all costs, we will actually obey, you know, their little sayings, vote blue no matter who, that we will just blindly continue to vote Democrat just to keep the Republicans out of office. And what they're not realizing is there is a new generation that is not tied to and not committed to any particular political party. And you may have been able to, in the past, trot out those from the civil rights generation that were able to go into the black community and give the marching orders and rally the troops and send them out to vote for the Democrats. You've got another generation that is saying, you know, in the spirit of Janet Jackson, what have you done for me lately? You know, that, that you're going to have to show and prove. And if you don't show and prove, we are not going to be like our parents or our grandparents and just vote for you in exchange for nothing. Absolutely. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien Trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year? Their year. These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow Black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. It also requires active sponsorship of programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements along with funding programs like Project Ready, a national urban league program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. So, with that said, because and I brought that up because when you went to the voting rights uh, rally, there was some criticism 
that you got online, which you, you welcome it. You, I think, I think you kind of like it sometimes, Bishop, if I must say so myself. I think you encourage. <laughs> Listen, uh, you know, a, a prize fighter has to spar every now and then. <laughs> so, so I, you know, I, I, I'll take, I'll take warm yeah. <laughs> Me too. I, I like a good spar too. I, I today I was, I want to, put something out there. I said, oh, do I want to choose violence today or do I want to let them make it? But I, I think you enjoy it. Uh, and so there was some criticism uh, on you going to the rally. You clapped back, of course, and I believe somebody wrote an article about it, actually, uh, if, I, if, I can, if my memory serves me correctly. And it was really speaking to what you just said. A lot of people see you on the folks that you connect with Tariq Nasheed, who that's the homie, you know, we we may not agree on everything. And a lot of the folks that follow him say, we don't want to do any ballot down. We say, forget that because the ADOS tribe is saying ballot down and we don't want to subscribe to that. And so I watch you navigate those waters. How do you do that? I, I would assume it may be like me. I'm, I am who I am. You know, I just because I connect with somebody doesn't mean I believe or support every single thing that they do. I'll give you an example. Attorney Benjamin Crump's like a brother to me. And Tariq is definitely not a fan of Attorney Benjamin Crump. But I respect what Tariq does for the movement. And I think his voice is important, even if it's something that I may not per se like. It's important to have someone that is going that hard as equal as it is, it is important to have someone that's in the courtroom, whether people agree with attorney Crump style or not. So for me, I just try to be who I am. But how do you do it, Bishop? How do you navigate? Because you were in the bug breaking movie, and that's kind of what I want to shift to when, with this conversation. How do you navigate, you know, really being able to connect and have folks follow you from Different sides. Of, I hate to use the word tribe because that's cult like, but it is what it is. I mean, there's people that just connect with certain folks. How do you navigate that and still have the authenticity and the respect that you do enough for Tariq to bring you into his movie, um, Buck Breaking, and then still be respected in the NAACP space, which is obviously highly criticized, especially by folks, you know, that follow <laughs> Tariq. How do you maintain that, Bishop, of just really being who you are, man of the cloth, and still a check you, and still can be with the NAACP, and still can be with the ride or die foundation, Black Americans, Black or else, any means necessary. How do you navigate those waters? Yeah, you know, um, our viewpoints are nuanced, and 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 we don't necessarily dance to the beat of any one drummer. You know, I I, I grew up in a home that that. Um, uh, was highly dedicated to the civil rights movement. My my mother, father, my uncles, uh, et cetera. So I come from that tradition. I come from the black church um, tradition. Uh, but then at the same time, I always tell people I'm I'm part uh, Martin, but I'm also part Malcolm. You know, I I believe in um, Martin Luther King's nonviolent philosophy and the things he stood for. But I also believe, as Malcolm said. You know, obey the law, respect everybody. But if somebody puts his hands on you, send them to the cemetery. You know, I, I believe that as well. And so uh, I'm down with foundational black Americans. I am one, but I'm down with the cause of ADOS, not necessarily the group of people that lead that group, but the cause of reparations, the, the justice claim that black people have for reparations. And I'm also down with many of the things that the NAACP 
has been fighting for and continues to fight for. And so I don't write off any particular circle, even though I don't necessarily agree with everything that they do or say. I have uh, been I'm the longest serving NAACP president in the history of my city, yet. I have taken issue with many of the positions that the NAACP has taken on the national level. I've refused to advocate for some of the positions that I was against. You know, in in my city, they had a position about supporting the public schools and and not advocating for uh, the approval of any new charter schools. Well, in the city that I live in at that time, every middle school in our city was chronically underperforming. I said, now, how how do you how do you take advantage of the no child left behind law that says I can send my child to a different school if their school is chronically underperforming? If every school is chronically underperforming and the bet the best school to send them to would be a charter school. So, you know, there are times where we you know, we, we have differing viewpoints and you've got to be able to critique and criticize organizations and movements from the inside uh, of the movement. Many times we want to stand outside and throw stones at a movement that we are not invested in. But I believe that the best critics are those that are part of the movement and have a vested interest in it. And so we respectfully disagree. You know, Tariq and I don't agree on every issue. There are, there are folks that I associate with that he clowns All every the time, every day. chance he gets. <laughs> <laughs> You know, but at the same time, we have a healthy respect for each other. He respects the fact that I'm an ally in the fight against white supremacy. Yeah, I believe his voice is necessary. I believe the voices of those uh, who I was criticized by the FBA group uh, for being with in D.C. You you took the picture. They went crazy. They was like, oh, what you doing? Take the picture. (laughs) (laughs) I I became I became uh, uh, an agent. You know, I became a, a a. a paid trader that somebody and, and you know, all these people who, who are paying me, I need I to get went, my hey, check. Man, I need to get my, I, I, and who you telling? And when you find them, can I get my check? Because because then we can stop talking and cut the check. Because if I'm getting paid for this, there is such a backlog of invoices that I need to pick up that, I'm that I'm set for the you. rest of my life. I wish people would understand, Bishop. Fighting for black people ain't never paid. Never. Never. Mm-mm. It's the ones who are it's quiet. Cost. It's cost. That's right. I call it the consequences yes. of consciousness. Those who are quiet right now, those who did all of I'm for the culture, the culture, the culture, the culture, post and post and post. You know, on my Instagram, I post all the time. Notice who ain't saying nothing right now. I'm not posting because I'm thinking Joe Biden's going to look at my Instagram and say, you know what? Tesla said we need to do something. So we're going to do something. I'm doing it because I want to direct your attention to who is not saying something right now those are the ones that are getting the bag those are the one you they pay for silence not to speak up Mm -hmm. and there is a or pay to or pay to silence absolutely absolutely so that is just a complete myth and and that's exactly what uh, you're exactly right yeah you're an agent oh you over here with them this and that and i you know again i think a certain amount of chaos a disruption, if you will, is necessary. Even in the Bible, when I remember when I ran in 2011 for 2012, 11 meant chaos and disruption and 12 was perfect leadership, which you know this because you're a bishop. I'm just letting you know I know my word, bishop. Am I impressing you? Right. Is it right. Just, am I impressing right. you just you a little bit? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so about the 12 elders around the throne. 
But I, I do think the disruption is necessary. But sometimes, you know, I wish there was more of a strategic effort of us understanding that each of us play a role and each of us, and it doesn't have to be everybody, Bishop, you know, wasn't everybody in Gideon's army. So I'm not talking about all of us, but at least the the handful of us that have the common thread of calling it like it is, not bowing down to one party or the other, speaking up year round, 365, understanding there's a difference between calling out Trump and still demanding more, understanding that even if we get more next year, guess what we're going to do? Still ask for more and continue to ask for more until they lay our bodies down. Also being wise enough to understand that local elections, many of them absolutely matter. And understanding that most of those races that really, really matter are nonpartisan races like school board, like city council, like uh, county council, commission, sheriff, those types of things are not uh, partisan races. Although you know, okay, yeah, we know Buddy Dyer is a Democrat in Orlando, but he doesn't run as a Democrat. He runs as Buddy Dyer. I I hope to see that at some point there can be more use that can at least if nothing else, you know, I talk to Killer Mike about it all the time. How can we, maybe we don't do anything more than what we're doing, which is just supporting each other and bringing, you know, you've brought me to your show. I certainly always invite you here. You share my posts, I share your posts, tweets and so forth. Maybe that's all it is. Or do you think there is room, Bishop, for more of a collaborative effort of really, you know, what I call pushing the line? Because that's my my focus. I want people to be, you know, political education and institute mindset of understanding we we really have to school folks on these important issues and we don't expect them to follow everything that we do. So do you think that at least uh, those of us that have some common some some commonalities among each other, do you think we, we could be doing more or do you think staying in our own area is fine as long as we have a mutual respect and don't come for each other? Because, you know, once we come, once somebody come for us, we come back. That That's what happened with me with ADOS as well and still respect the movement. But anytime you come for me, I'm coming back. So do you think that there's room for us to find more bishops and and work collaboratively? Or do you think it's best we kind of just stay in our own lane and, and just mutually respect each other's uh, mission? Yeah, I think I think we can definitely do more. I think there's a need for us to connect more often, to have more dialogue, to understand and be aware of what each other is doing. And I know there's some things that you can't let the cat out the bag sometimes. Right. Um, but but there are times when, when we actually need to know um, what each other is doing to know how we can be supportive right. of it, um, you know, one way or another. And so I, I think I think oftentimes what happens is the whole the whole divide and conquer mechanism works so well that even some of us that probably have more in common then we have in opposition of, to each other, uh, don't do enough to connect with each other and to support and to strengthen each other. We used to have something way back in the day here that that kind of broke up that was actually called the, the Black and Latino Breakfast Club. And we get together uh, once a month. And if nothing else, to have discussions about what's happening here was just so that we're aware of what's going on and how we can be supportive. And I think uh, just starting out to at least have a level of dialogue and to figure out uh, where we may be able to fit in and be supportive 
could be critical in terms of forging deeper and greater collaborations. Well, I, I'm going to, you know, probably shouldn't do it on the show, but I am. I'm, I am going to ask you to, I know you have many things on your plate, but I, I see you in some type of leadership. You know, I'm not saying form a council or a nonprofit, but I think that you can merge the gap, Bishop. I really do um, on a lot of different voices to at least understand a mutual respect. If I'm on BNC every day, you know, I shout out people all the time, whether they shout me out or not. I'm always shouting somebody out. And I think that's important. If I'm on cable news every day and I'm shouting out what you're doing or vice versa, it may not be much, but it's something, you know, it's making sure you're in yeah. the space. If you're giving me a shout out, if you're tagging me on, on Instagram, you this this idea of wanting to be the only one at the top, the only one with the ego, the only one that if, if 5,000 of your followers follow me, it's not like they're going to stop following you. You know, so all right. it means is 5,000 I mean, of mine come your way. Nothing, and it takes nothing from each right. other to, to, to respect each other and to support each other, even in that small way. There were there were a couple of of NFL uh, football players who had approached me about collaborating and being supportive, and they were um, very intrigued by our brother uh, Tariq Nasheed and wanted to support uh, his um, Hidden History Museum project. Um, so I connected the brothers with Tariq. You know. Uh, that's what they wanted to do. And it takes nothing from me. I didn't try to solicit their support for for one of my projects or anything else. That's where they wanted to go. I connected them with the brother, more power to them, power to the project. And we've got to be able to unselfishly support and help each other as long as what we're doing is helping the movement. That's overall. right. And I don't know why if you're in this for the right reason, I don't want to be by myself. Because it's literally just a hand of us that's going to speak up. So I'm not asking for millions. I'm not talking about people in the comments. I'm just talking about, hey, if I hit you with a text, like I sent you a text the other night, because I know that's the issue you talk about. Hey, send me something. You know what I talk about? Because we don't all have to lead every issue. I don't want to pick every battle. I don't want to fight every battle. I want to send it to the soldier that I know is deep in that movement that's talking about that. So, for example, I talk about reparations, but I don't talk about it in depth the way you talk about it or other or, or Tariq talks about it. So when those types of conversations come up, I will quote, I will refer. I'm not running from it. I just know how to pass the ball. And I think any championship that's won mm -hmm. are people that know how to pass the damn ball. Excuse my French. Nobody want to, mm -hmm. nobody likes a ball, a ball hogger. And when you do that, you do not win. Now the irony, the, the text you sent me the other day and you were talking about the new Marvel movie, and ironically, uh, our sister, uh, Sophia Nelson, who, who is a lifelong long Republican. Yes, she is. She contacted me because she is under serious attack because she made a comment. Oh, really? A, a, about a movie that was depicting LGBT relationship. And they're tr actually trying to get her fired uh, from the college I that she that. worked at. Oh, I missed that. Yes, right now she is. She is under intense attack uh, right now. Now, what now? Now, all these liberals. Now, see, this is what this is a perfect example. And, you know, you just told me that live. I didn't know anything about that. I'm, I'm going to let you finish. But this is the kind of mess I'm talking about. When she was yeah. when she because she is a conservative. She's an a.k.a. You know, mm -hmm. she she is a black woman. Oh, the liberals loved her when she was up there talking about Trump. 
and how how he was oh, oh, oh yeah oh they the, the Sophia was their best friend so now Bishop are you telling me that now that she is actually standing on her conservative values which she has the right to conservative do Christian her conservative values. Christian values that now that doesn't meet uh the standard for the liberals is that is that what you're telling me <laughs> she she asked she she basically asked a question about a comic book character and they said oh that's hateful et cetera et cetera and they're calling for her head on a platter. Wow. And and see, my thing is this. At the end of the day, regardless of your political or theological viewpoints, this is a sister who is who is under attack. Um, and we ought to be rallying uh, behind her. But many will be afraid of the attack of the LGBTQ lobby if they speak in support of her. And, and therein lies the problem that we don't have enough independent voices who are not depending on certain forces uh, to feed them. Um, so uh, they are unwilling to say anything because they feel like they're going to risk something. You know, I'm, I'm fortunate enough that that I don't have to sing for my supper and and there's nothing that they can take away from me. So I can come out and support our sister. And I'm hoping that there'll be some others who can as well. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien Trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year? Their year. These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of black and brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Wallbroke, we hear inspiring rags to riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You know a spot, but not just a spot. Spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound feet of torque.
Let's talk about bug breaking. I don't want to skip over that because of the lack of, I guess, conversation in the media, even though Tariq, you guys did very well uh, with that documentary. It stayed number one uh, on Amazon for quite a long time. So you certainly didn't need the media's help uh, to get the movie out there. But uh, it's certainly not something that people talk about because of what you're what you're saying. So how do you balance that, uh, Bishop? Because obviously, you know, being a Christian, you love all people. I I believe that you love our gay, our LGBT community, particularly when you talk about Black LGBT. Is it possible? I guess, how do you navigate that space to say that you understand that you love LGBT, but you also are very clear that there is an agenda when it comes to at least LGBT, specifically with Black men, that go, that plays into removing Black men from the heterosexual household in order to procreate. Is that my yeah. understanding of, of the concern that you have? Or I, I want you to speak for yourself. Yeah, that's part of it. Yeah, it, it's two-pronged. One is that, is, is, first of all, as you stated, I love all people, regardless of whether they are gay or straight, uh, heterosexual or homosexual, and they're all welcome to my church. And, you know, matter of fact, I have gay people in my church who who take no offense to uh, my being in buck breaking or to the positions that I take. I think that it's hypocritical for folks to talk about the black family and black males in particular and state that the problem with black males in terms of criminal behavior and other behaviors that are negative is the lack of a positive male role model in their lives. That the problem with the black community is the breakdown of the black family. But then at the same time, to support any movement that is antithetical to uh, strengthening the black family in terms of the traditional black family of, of, of a father and a mother and children. And this. OK, I'm sorry, I don't want to stop you, but, but if you can expound on that, because what do you say to say, hey, it's two lesbian women who are both black. It's two gay men who are both black that are raising a black family as you continue. But I want to weave that. In but that goes. But that goes. But that goes against the notion of 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 children needing a strong black father and a black mother, you know, in the home. You can't you can't simultaneously blame black men for the crumbling of the black family and the black community and then say, but we can replace black males and black fathers um, with with lesbian households and and with with households with with two uh, gay men. And then every person of faith has a right to believe in the doctrinal viewpoints of their particular faith. And we understand that uh, in black communities, we have a conservative faith that says that the family unit consists of a man and a woman and children, a husband and a wife and children. And there's nothing wrong with that. Some kind of way they have decided that they are going to ostracize anybody with the traditional viewpoint that the family unit should consist of a husband, a wife, and children. And that's most of our people of faith. And so 
so we have that issue, but then we also have the issue of the historical attempts to feminize and ostracize black males to remove them from the family unit and understanding that they use tactics like buck breaking, like the raping, feminizing of black men in order to shame them in front of their families, in front of the village, so that if we can break down the strongest among you, then we'll have an easier time keeping the rest of you under subjection. That was a tool of white supremacy that was used through the years. And now we see it used in different formats, but it's still buck breaking. So, you know, when when you want to pull, when you want to tell a, a, a black woman who is on assistance that she can only stay on assistance if we pull the male out of the home, that's buck breaking. You know, when 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 you when you take black men and mass incarcerate them and remove them from the family unit uh, so that the black boys and young black girls are left fatherless. That's buck breaking. There are all kinds of ways this continues to be done, you know, even in contemporary society. And the movie was really highlighting how they use the sexualization of 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 black men and and the breaking down of their masculinity in order to control um, the black male, the black woman. And the black family. How do your colleagues in in the church world? How do they proceed? I know you said your church supports you, but do you do you have a lot of allies? Do you have more people in in secret that support you, or or are there ministers that stand with you? You know, I, I come from a, a a Pentecostal background, Pentecostal Holiness Church that holds conservative views around um, a family and other issues. They they hold. Um, uh, different viewpoints when it comes to social justice issues, but they are very supportive of of the role that I played in the movie. And then I have some who who do not agree. You know, I have some colleagues who uh, come from what they call open and affirming traditions um, who who see um, the role that I played in the movie as hateful, as um, uh, as putting the LGBTQ community in danger. And, and my, my position is this. Why can't we just tell the truth? What, what you see in that documentary is factual. This is what happened. And, and, and this, this notion that you have to water down the truth um, in order to safeguard people's feelings, um, to me, is counterproductive. It's, it's, it's almost like the whole attack on critical race theory, which is really, they, they, they're not even defining critical race theory anymore. What they're really defining now is just plain old American history, that we just cannot tell the truth about what happened in America uh, because it's going to offend white folks, it's going to offend the LGBTQ community, it's going to offend that community. I think Dave Chappelle, uh, you know, put it, eloquently when he said, you know, in America, um, you can kill a nigga, but you can't offend a gay person. And, and I, I would love to have you back because I I, I want to talk about uh, interracial relationships and the conversations around, you know, 
Dave Chappelle's not married to a black woman, although she's what they call a person of color. Um, I had to go back and forth the other day about Colin Kaepernick and, and his choice of women. And I, I would love to have you back, you know, to have an adult conversation about that, you know, on, um, you know, being able to be so pro-black and then again, conversations about the black family. How do we continue to sustain or procreate and, and your, you know, your position on that, even though I know that the black dominant gene is dominant, I get it. But it do seem like Bishop that every time a, when a black man dates outside the race, everybody becomes a DNA ancestry ambassador. You know, um, they go, they know how to go all the way back to Africa and this and that. But when a black woman does it, she's called a bed wench. No, no exceptions. And I'm generalizing, you know, that's not everybody. I, I get it. So don't, don't at me saying, Oh, more black, Black men marry black. The majority of black men marry black women. I know that. I get that. You know they're gonna have yeah. They love it. Yeah, something about triggering that. Something about that topic, boy. That just really triggered. <laughs> it triggers people. And it's not a diss to Chappelle because again, his issue. I, I'm glad that he's speaking up. You know, I don't care who people are with, to, for, as far as I'm concerned. But I do think that's another you know conversation. Um, that people kind of, you know, talk around. I've only dated and was married to a black man just for the record. But I do think that's, you know, a conversation when he has taken such criticism, you know, for the cause and the cause of black people. There is there is something to say about that wealth being transferred to out someone outside of our community and her family, that knowledge being transferred to somebody outside of the community. And it's just interesting how nobody really talks about that because they kind of all put us together as people of color. Well, then you can also look at um, with Kamala Harris while while she was running. They played up the HBCU card. They played up the the AKA card. They played up the first black woman card. And then as soon as she got in office, all of a sudden the headlines switched to the first Southeast Asian. Right. right. <laughs> Absolutely. Know? So, yeah, there's a lot to tone there. And I, I will say this, my, my issue with the movie um, before we get out of here, which it was the externals um, that I went to see, I went to see with my 14 year old daughter and her generation, you know, they, they, they truly, if, if there is a generation that is about, we don't see color and I just want to be with my friends and uh, the Martin Luther King vision, her generation is kind of like that. You know, they learn, they hear from us, not at all, you know, I'm generalizing, I'm not trying to generalize, but she has friends, you know, um, of every race. And there's openly gay people in her school at a time that wasn't, we didn't have openly gay men, you knew, but it wasn't openly gay boys in high school the way it is. So they're much more accepting of diversity. Yeah. I say that to say that sitting there watching that movie with her, it's not like she's never seen, you know, uh, a gay couple. That wasn't like that was something new. My concern was, that it didn't, it was forced in the storyline. It absolutely had nothing to do with the story. Nothing at all. I mean, it was literally forced. Just as it was forced for the woman that had sex, naked sex on the beach in that movie as well with a man, heterosexual. I went to a Marvel movie with my child. It's not that she don't understand sex. It's not that, please, she's any kid on social media seeing all type of stuff that we never saw. But Bishop, I come from a mindset of understanding boundaries. Like it's certain things that I did that I just didn't do in front of my mama. I'm much older than my daughter. I don't have a, we have a great friendship relationship, but I didn't have her at 16, 17, 20, 21. I'm a mama's mama. You know what I mean? I don't, I'm uncomfortable sitting there watching 
the the heterosexual couple make love in front of my child. You know, I did old school, like you like your mom used to do, put the hands over the eye. It's not that she don't see it. Yeah. She see it all the time. I'm sure, all kind of stuff she see. I read her text messages when she don't know I'm looking. So I, it's not that she's just naive to this. I'm just not comfortable having certain conversations. Or, or I have conversations with her, you know, in the appropriate way to talk about certain things. But I don't, that's not entertainment for us to share. Does that make sense? No more than she, right. yeah, no more than she said, Hey, mama, you want to go to the Meg Thee Stallion uh, concert? No, I'm fine. If I know you listen to Meg, I listen to Meg. I listen to all type of toxic music, but I'm not going to be sitting here banging out with my daughter listening to mm-hmm. WAP. I'm just not going to do it. Now, do I do it? Absolutely, Bishop. Absolutely, I do. I'm telling you the Bishop, but I am not comfortable mm-hmm. doing that with my child. I wasn't comfortable doing it as a 30-year-old some woman with my with my own mama. You know what I mean? So I, I maybe I'm just traditional. I just think there's certain boundaries that you know, well, uh, well you're you're right in you're right in that that for whatever reason a lot of these production companies and um groups feel the need to force that in to the conversation so that they can be viewed as being progressive etc cetera, etc cetera. some things just don't fit um and if it doesn't fit i don't i don't go to a marvel movie to see any sex scene right. at all you know, I'm going to see superheroes. Right. I'm I'm a big Thor buff. I you know I was a Norse mythology um, fanatic for years. I I I was a Thor collector till my wife threw away my big duffel bag because she thought it was trash when we were moving. <laughs> I still I'm still having a hard time forgiving right. her for that. But it, but in any case, you know, so I go to see Thor throw the hammer. Right. You know, and all that kind of stuff. I'm not going to see sex scenes at a Marvel movie. And, I, you know, I've got a 14 year old. Our youngest child is 14. We were still messing around at an old age. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> and and if I take him to the movie, I don't want to see a sex scene. Yeah, I just don't. I mean, heterosexual, gay, whatever. And so when you one, you're throwing me off with that and then you take it to another place that you may not know if every parent has had that conversation on diversity or whatever that is. And it was just so out of pocket to me. And that's why I tell you, like, is this me? Am I tripping? Am I, am I too woke? Am I too? Cause sometimes we do, you know, we live in our world of everything. I tell my baby, I, tell, I know it's hard having a revolutionary mom, and she's like, it really is because everything connects back to, you know, you have to understand what it means to be black and a black woman and da da da. So I try to, check myself, you know, and I, that's why I, re- I reach out to say, am I tripping? Is it just me? Am I, you know, am I just being too woke? Am I being anti? Cause these people make you think you being anti something and they, they, they've come yeah. after me. Oh, you must be anti-immigrant. Never am I anti-immigrant. I'm simply saying I want black folks to have something. So listen, pro black is not anti anything else. It's actually you know, pro it's everything just, because once we lift up, right, everybody get lifted up. Exactly. <laughs> I can't be for you. If I if I'm not for myself, first and foremost. And so I I get it because my my children had to deal with it. My grandchildren have to deal with it. My grandbaby, Maya said, I want LOL dolls for my birthday. I said, only if I can get black right. LOL right. dolls. I ain't, I'm not buying you no white baby doll. I didn't buy your mama no white Barbie doll. So that's that's just how that goes. That's right. It is probably hard being your grandchildren. <laughs> I tell my baby, but she'll, she'll thank me later. So, Bishop, I want to thank you for coming by. Uh, where can people, I, I know you have a, uh, is it a daily show? Um, let people know where they can find you uh, and and connect with you. Absolutely. You can catch me. My website is talbertswan.org, but all social media is at talbertswan. So you can catch me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Telegram, wherever. 
Uh, I'm there, uh, although I don't know how to use some of them. Um, but you well, you be working and you be streaming everything at one time. You be on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and all at the same time. The, 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 gram, the gram kick, the gram won't let me stream now, you know, because I. Oh, you got kicked off. Oh, no, I'm not off, but they restricted me from going live because I, I listed. I put it, uh, affluenza, a bad day and several other things. And I said, these are excuses white folks have used <laughs> to justify murdering yeah. people. And they said that was hate oh, speech. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, I'm so. surprised you made it this long, to be quite honest with you. So we're going to keep you in pair. And again, I don't want to give you another job to do because you got plenty. But I do want to say on air, giving you your flowers, that I applaud your leadership, not just because you know how to fight back, but also because you know how to work with all of us that, you know, have a different mission or calling. And, and we all can, you know, be about the same thing, which is loving black people, but everybody doesn't have to take up every cross. And you understand that and you get that and you respect people in their own way. And you can honestly respectfully disagree. And we just don't have enough. We really don't even understand what respectfully disagree means. We say that on Twitter uh, respectfully, but we really don't. Um, because if, if we did, I think there would be more of a, uh, a uh, connection between us two. So always, if there's anything that I need to know that you're doing, you know, my inbox is always open. My text is always, I always answer back. Let me know if there's something I can do to shout it out, to do my part, um, at least with this, you know, given the space to talk about, you know, what you're doing. Um, I'm not afraid to do so. And I want to support people in their movement. And I hope um, you continue to support my voice as well. So thank you so much, Bishop, for coming Absolutely. by. The Hood Whisperer, man. Thank you so much for coming by. We got some big things coming up in 2022. I hope you can join uh, Killer Mike and I because we really are trying to get to some of these cities and have some of these conversations. We really have to start building an army. It can no longer, you know, it can't just be online. We really got to start taking it to another level. So thank you so much, Bishop. It's always open. Y'all can come here anytime. Yeah, but I will absolutely take you up on that offer. So thank you so much, Bishop Tabas Swan. Y'all check him out. Follow him on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You heard it uh, on all the places you can check him out. He is such a leader. I really, really do check into his ministry of not just uh, preaching the gospel, but also giving people the business. That's one of my favorite things to watch him do. He's the best at it. Anybody can do this, but a lot of people can't clap back. And he's one of the best. He's also on BNC from time to time as well. So I will always give my shout out and hope you come back, Bishop, again and kind of give us an update as we get busy in 2022. Thank you. Absolute pleasure being. If you like what you heard on Straight Shot No Chaser, please subscribe and drop a five star review and tell a friend. Straight Shot No Chaser is a production of the Black Effect Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. I'm Tesla Figaro, and I'd like to thank our producer, editor, mixer, the one and only Marcy DePina, our mix master, Dwayne Crawford, and our executive producer, Charlemagne the God. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears, real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us, wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic, and at higher risk. 
get vaccinated, but, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. 